Welcome to the Pitting Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to discuss a little bit of high school and college wrestling uh, here in the state of Iowa. Um, as always, we'll kind of uh, start with college, but first, Coach, um, I'm walking into Carver yesterday, uh, light sweatshirt on, sunny, uh, breaking a sweat. I, this is not uh, a wrestling – these are not wrestling temperatures. This isn't wrestling weather that I'm used to. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? 47 degrees. I just looked before we went on. 47 degrees right now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Which I joke, it means we're probably driving home in a blizzard from the state wrestling finals. <laughs> Usually one day is, is pretty bad or – or what or at least you know you get a little bit of both at the state tournament typically but this is great i mean the rest of the country is really having some rough weather but not us we're so i'm enjoying it i am as well well let's ju- jump into you know colleges are in the the thick of their uh, conference school season now um we got to see iowa iowa state uh you and i start their uh their conference meets um Starting last Thursday, um, you know, we're just kind of going chronological order. Uh, Thursday, you and I hosted uh, Wyoming and just absolutely dominated um, the Cowboys. I think it was 33 to 3. Um, that ends up being Doug Schwab's 100th win. Um, I know things didn't quite go their way later in the weekend against Missouri, but still, um, still the dominant performance. And then, you know, a decent showing against the, the Tigers, uh, you might say. Uh, not a bad weekend for the Panthers. That big right. milestone for Schwab. Right. The, uh, uh, Missouri is a good team. So let's back to, to Wyoming, though. They, you're right, 33 to 3. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly who. Uh, UNI's 74 pounder is going to be right now. I think they're still trying to figure that out. Uh, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh, that was their one loss. And uh, really, I think Runyon got banged up in his in his match to return uh, down in New Orleans. I think uh, Runyon got banged up. Is that what's going on? I didn't know if he was out for yeah. the season or what, but okay. So I don't, I don't know. There's their starter out there. So uh, it may have, have uh, swept a, a Wyoming, but. Then on to Missouri, you know, Missouri's a great team. Holy cow, they've got uh, three really strong. Uh, well, I guess O'Toole didn't wrestle, but, but uh, um, you know, you've got Brock Mahler at 49 and Rocky Elam at 97 that are two-time All-Americans. And then your uh, O'Toole was a national champ. He was out of the lineup at 65. But uh, um, anyway, that allowed Yant to – not that yeah, I might not have won already, but he got a, a, a nice win there and uh, to remain undefeated on the season. So um, uh, he's been out a little bit, but still undefeated right now. So you and I just got rolling. Congratulations to, to Coach Schwab. And, and uh, let's see if we can break that record of the, the guy that the coach that holds the, the most wins. <laughs> and that is? Uh, that'd be Brother Don. <laughs> what, what is his. Uh... I don't have the media guide in front of me, but uh, 
do you know off the top of your head how many dual wins that Don had during his uh, coaching tenure there? I don't. I, you know, I don't even – I can't even venture a guess. Uh, I should. I just I just heard it this past fall when they uh, when he was uh, honored in the uh, in the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. Is uh, it just uh, you know a, a, a member of that? So, it, but uh, I don't remember. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. Uh, something we can uh, uh, look up here and have ready uh, for for next uh, uh, for next week. But yeah, definitely uh, kind of a maybe one uh, that hasn't gotten kind of the focus. I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty nice milestone for for Schwab and the work that uh, he's done there at UNI. Right, and he's you know he's still relatively young. He's going to be there, right. you know, hopefully for you know quite a few more years and decades, maybe even. <laughs> And, uh, you know, putting some All-Americans up there and some champs and lots of dual wins. So, you know, that program's, in my opinion, it's looking strong and, and doing a great job. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll shift. Well, one of the individual performances, kind of what I mentioned, um, Derek Holschlag had uh, a really good weekend there. He wrestled uh, and beat. Wyoming's number ninth ranked uh, Jacob Wright uh, at 157 on Thursday. Um, he was one of four um, Panthers to win against Missouri. Um, and I believe he had a decision uh, beating uh, Logan uh, Jaffrey uh, 3-1. So uh, Derek Holschlock's putting together uh, actually a pretty strong season there at 157 for the Panthers. I agree. He's stepping forward and uh, I, sorry, I didn't mention that, that nice win at, at, uh, over Wyoming's right. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we, so we watch his brother has some great success and, and uh, right. it's nice now to see him stepping up and he's going, he's up to that next level and just keep climbing that ladder right up to the, towards the top there. That's great. Uh Let's uh, shift to Iowa, actually. Uh, right now, they open the Big Ten uh, dual season, uh, beat Illinois on Friday at home, and then went to West Lafayette to beat Purdue um, pretty handily. Uh, Friday, uh, I guess you could say it was a little lackluster. Um, went down to the final match before beating um, Illinois 25-19. Uh, Tom Brand's... Uh, uh, I can say maybe not real satisfied with the um, performance against Illinois. Uh, they lost a couple close matches, uh, one in overtime at uh, 174, one in the final seconds at 197. Um, didn't didn't like the way uh, Iowa wrestlers let Illinois keep it close and and score at the end. Um, even though they did enough to uh, to get to get by with a victory, yeah, lackluster from an Iowa standpoint. I bet you, if you're an Illinois fan sitting in the stands, it was it was pretty exciting. Yeah, you know, putting it you know putting it that close or keeping it that close and and having a shot uh, going into that last match. Um, but uh, yeah, that definitely 
that from the from the Iowa point of view, I don't know how anyone can be real excited about that. Um, you know, I had some guys that you know that uh, gave up big, big you know big losses, you know, pin that sort of thing. So definitely not what Iowa is used to. So I'm sure that there was some words said before the Purdue meet on on Sunday. So <laughs> and they looked a lot better uh, Sunday as far as you know, really kind of dictating um, pace and tempo and seemed a lot more uh, aggressive. Maybe some of that is the, uh, maybe the, the competition. Um, but, uh, you know, over the weekend, Spencer Lee, Spencer Lee being in the lineup, I think a lot of people were kind of wondering how much you'd actually see of Spencer Lee this year. Uh, whether it would be a drop in here, there until the postseason, but they only wrestled in the Iowa State duel, wrestled in the soldier salute, and here he's been part of the uh, the first weekend in both duels. And now he's gonna, he's in the probable lineup for uh, Northwestern on, on this upcoming Friday. So, I'm sure, a lot of Iowa fans are happy to see Spencer Lee, um, as much as they are. Well, all right, and Spencer had had a little bit of a test on on uh, against Purdue on Sunday. Uh, Ramos, good wrestler, uh, ranked ninth in some polls and that vicinity in, in most of them, and and uh, got. Uh, let me see if I remember this right. Two, did he get two takedowns in a turn? Was it eight to one or six to zero or something like that? So it was two takedowns, and the the second takedown was a throw to that's right uh, to to Lee's back. So. Right, so he's down eight to one, and you know, you know, in watching that, you're you're like, I, I still didn't think that, you know, that uh, uh, Spencer was in any danger. I know he's it, it certainly made me sit upright, but but uh -huh. uh, you know, he's he's so deadly on top, and you know, as soon as he got up and got that arm trap, it's like, okay, here we go, match time. <laughs> you know, so, and uh, you know, and then of course the pin right after that, so first period pin, but. But uh, you know, it's, it was he came back and did what you know, you know that's going to happen. That's what you know. That's wrestling. Guys are going to, you know, maybe get a move or get turned or whatever, and just got to battle it back. So he did a nice job of that. But, um, and then also they had uh, uh, Shriver up at it bumped up away for that duel. I'm not sure why. Um, at Tusky at at 41 for on on uh, for the Illinois meet, and then. Uh, Shriver bumped up there, and then. Uh, but what about Max Murin, man? That guy's putting it, putting it out there. He's putting some points on the board this year. That's he good. is. He is. Uh, the the other one thing before we move on to Max uh, that I want to mention about Spencer Lee. So I was on the gym class uh, yesterday with uh, Mark Dukes and, and Scott Unash, and we were talking about it, and I, I kind of like I kind of started giggling in mid. Uh, response to Spencer Lee, you know, having to come back and stuff. It's like the the thing about it is he was down eight one, and it wasn't against a you know it wasn't against a fish or anybody. It was a guy that's projected to be round of twelve, possibly on the stand. Not only did he come back and win, and maybe catch the guy late or scored in the final seconds. He erased an 8-1 deficit in a matter of, like, 
75 seconds and then pin the guy before the end of the first period. So all that happened in two minutes and 56 seconds. To be able to do that against a decent opponent just shows, I mean, it, it really is kind of, you know, unbelievable a little bit that, you know, he, he's just that. He's just that good that, you know, Randy Lewis-ish, right? Yeah. Uh, Isaiah Martinez, you know, there are a couple times where I saw Isaiah Martinez. I know what the, I know what the Midlands one year, Isaiah Martinez liked to mix things up and he got thrown to his back twice. And I think he was like a takedown away from being tacked. Comes back and wins like 24, 22 or something like that. It, it was just amazing. And Randy Lewis, you know, that was a guy that, you know, 8-1, that, that was a Tuesday for him. You know, you know he he used to have some insane flurries and giving up four, five, six points. That was just business as usual because he knew he would score 12. You know, it was crazy like that. But speaking, yeah, like you mentioned, speaking of uh, putting up a lot of points, Max Mirren just has, outside of the Panero Johnson match, he has probably been the most ag- aggressive and offensive wrestler, and certainly the the best version of Max Mirren that I've seen um, in his career. Yeah, I agree. It's it's been fun because you know it's it's been a little bit frustrating as a fan watching him kind of keep it close. And there's you know he's not the only one on that team that does that. You know, there's others that will on occasion do that. But but uh, you know, I know the 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 fan base at Iowa would really like to see what Max is doing now. Which we would have seen that all along. But yeah, good for him for for opening it up. And maybe he's got. Uh, senioritis, the one you know, the kind that says, "Man, I'm this is my last shot. I got to get it going. Leave nothing behind." Sort of attitude. Yep. And at the uh, media availability yesterday, kind of asked him about, you know, he's got seven uh, bonus point victories this year, which is more than he's had in any other year, and almost uh, like two thirds of his total to- of his total in his career have occurred this year um, and kind of asked him about, you know, before remember seeing him with like a black eye and cuts over his head. And the joke was that he always led with his face, you know, and he was always stingy, you know, with giving up points, but this year, something that happened at the end of last year, I think he's mentioning that he might've lost uh, a blood round match or his last match at Nationals was a match where it was won by one takedown. And apparently Terry Brands had a heart-to-heart talk with him about how that, should, uh, that shouldn't happen. One, a match decided by one takedown is unacceptable. And you've got to keep firing off. You've got to keep doing it. If you give up a takedown, you escape. You're a takedown away from taking the lead. So you got to open up. You got to be aggressive. You got to be offensive. And I think it really clicked. I think it really clicked with him. <coughs> yeah. I mean, something has, 
so it, it, that makes it fun. It's more exciting, you know, for the fans and for the teammates and obviously helps the team more when you put more team uh, points up on the board. And so let's hope it continues that way. You know, I, I certainly don't want to say it's on par with, with this comparison, but I see the similarities. Mm-hmm. Remember, remember the, the jump that Thomas Gilman made from like his sophomore to junior year where he went from winning a lot of tight matches just by, you know, one takedown, hard ride, uh, riding time point, and not giving up anything his sophomore year, if I remember correctly. And then he was a takedown offensive machine where he was just, you know, he was just racking up takedowns, um, you know, by the bag full. Uh, And and I kind of see maybe a little similarity to where outside of the Iowa State duel, um, Mirren's been that, been that way. Right. I think it's a, I think it's a mindset. So, you know, Terry Brands must have got into it, and you know, and, and I, I'm sure it wasn't just that talk. You know, that they've been working, you know, with the mental side of it, and just you know, it's a confidence thing. So if you if you're confident, you can go out and, and score points whenever you want, even if you give up a couple. You know, what, why wouldn't you go out and open up and wrestle? So, you know, that's that's neat, and I'm sure that was a Gilman thing, and I'm thinking it's it's a it's a, 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 a you know. A mirror thing as well. So, and don't underestimate the point that you brought up too. Uh, this is his last go round. This is it, you know. And how many times have you been in a 5K and seen the finish line and you get a little bit of a second wind and a burst to finish strong, right? You can see the, you can see the, the end goal in front of you. This could be a realization that hey, I've got two months. You know, uh, whether he wrestles freestyle internationally or not, doesn't matter. Um, his collegiate career has two months to go and you know what? I don't want to get to March 24th looking back and going, Oh man, I had, I had so much more. I could have, if only I would have done this or only if I would have, you know, just, not cared about giving up points and scored a heck of a lot more. And, you know, he could be in that realization that I don't want to do, I don't want to do that a week after Tulsa. And we're seeing that kind of being executed. Right. And if you, uh, I mean, you think about it, he, here's a guy that could have graduated last year. Mm-hmm. You know, now he's into his sixth year. You know, you have to forfeit some things along the way, probably. Uh, to do that, not probably, I know that as a fact. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, so now he's in his sixth year and, uh, you know, it's like, hey, I didn't, I didn't come back and, you know, maybe get, forfeit this or maybe even, you know, pay out a little bit of money here or there or whatever for, for class or whatever. But, uh, you know, I didn't do that to be ho-hum about this. You know, I'm, I'm going for, for the gold sort of attitude. So, yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other thing to kind of point out uh, a little bit too, Patrick Kennedy uh, in Illinois was probably one of the exceptions like Murin, uh, like Spencer Lee. Uh, he scored a major decision against uh, Danny Bronigal was really, really offensive. Uh, got a kick out of his post uh, 
meet press conference where I asked him about, you know, where physicality kind of comes in to his style of wrestling. And he's like, hey, I grew up with three older sisters and two brothers. Uh, we had to we had to scrap every day. You know, they had a scrap just to get food at the table. Um, and it's it's funny. I know his uh, sister, Corey, was a part of Minnesota State's uh, state championship softball team. So really good athletes and competitors there. But it's it's kind of interesting how maybe growing up in that environment really kind of uh, kind of hones those uh, those traits and certainly is a, a big part of his success here in the lineup this year. Yeah. Uh, I'm, one, one last thing on Niren. Uh, he's going to have a test this weekend uh, with uh, Yaya Thomas. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so we'll see, you know, hopefully we're going to find out right away. Uh, you know, if, if he's uh, the real thing this year, for sure. So. Yeah. There could be a lot. Like, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of action. Um, that match well you know they let loose uh might give the scorekeeper carpal tunnel trying to keep up with everything might, might bring some of the fans out of, out of the <laughs> yeah right um speaking of northwestern uh the other matchup that really kind of stands out uh heavyweight uh tony cassiope uh lucas davison there, that's another one to really uh, kind of keep an eye on. And, and that's uh, just kind of indicative of the Big Ten. Um, I'm looking at Win, uh, Win Magazine right now, and um, the Big Ten is loaded when it comes to heavyweights. Um, and these top four are pretty consistent for all polls, where you've got Kirk Valletta, Penn State one, Mason Paris two, Cassiope three, Lucas Davison four. Uh, so four top ranked heavyweights in the country are in the uh, in the Big Ten, and then you've got uh, Pilliger from Wisconsin. That's a borderline uh, top ten guy. You've got Orndorff from Ohio State, which uh, is a top twelve to top fifteen guy, uh, regardless of the polls, and uh, you know that's. That's six of possibly the top 12 uh, from the Big Ten. So um, this Friday, Cassiope and Davidson is kind of a microcosm of uh, the heavyweight division in the Big Ten overall. Right. And, I mean, if you're looking at up and down the lineup with Northwestern, they're a good team. I mean, they're ranked 11th, but they may – who knows? They could sneak up on Iowa here and – and uh, I mean, you know, we kind of overlook anyone that steps on the mat with Spencer Lee, but but Diagostino uh, is ranked as high as third in, in one of the rankings, you know, so third and fourth in that vicinity. And you've got a lot of equal, you know, similar type rankings throughout the, the lineup. Uh, so I was not, this is not a cakewalk. They're going to have to be sharp to, to get this victory. So, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, you've got Chris Cannon at 133 as well. You know, Brody Teske uh, uh, returning to the lineup against Purdue for the first time since the opener against Cal Baptist. So, um, 
Yeah, so are- it's it's not going to be kind of the the normal Northwestern uh, type uh, duel that many people uh, might look at. And, and let's not forget Northwestern won the Midlands this year. Oh, yeah, that's right. And that 133 match is a, a <clears throat> example of what I was mentioning with similar rankings. You know, you've got Teske, who's ranked 11th in a couple of uh, – 12th in a couple of polls, and then you've got uh, Cannon, who's ranked, you know, in that same vicinity, maybe just a little above 11th. And, uh, you know, so those matches are going to be critical swing matches that right now are kind of toss-ups. So. Nope. I agree. Agree totally. Um, well, let's uh, let's head over to uh, Central Iowa and talk about the weekend that Iowa State put together and what uh, the rewards they've kind of reaped from from that. Uh, Iowa State um, handled uh, Wyoming uh, as well, and then they followed that up uh, with a 19-15 win over Arizona State. Uh, the two schools split. <coughs> Uh, the 10 matches, um, but it was Iowa State winning the first five. They started at 157 and uh, kind of rolled to the first five wins. Um, we got uh, a tech fall from David Carr. You got a major from Julian Broderson and then a major from Younger Bastida um, that ended up being the difference against Arizona State. Yeah, they, uh, I mean, they split 5-5 five, five in, in, in matches, and and uh, ISU won the first five, and ASU the, the last five, like you said, and and uh, um, gosh, what a meet that must have been, but, you know, for number three versus number four, I, I don't know, I know Iowa State's ranked number three this this week that I saw, and I, I don't know if they just swapped rankings, or I don't know where, if that, how far ASU fell. But what a good meet that, that was, and what a fun one that must have been to, to be at. Um, it's not very fun, though, to win your first five and then not win the next five and try and hang on with the duel. So, uh, you know, that uh, that in itself was nail-biting, I'm sure, for the coaches and the athletes and fans. Yeah, but even in those five losses, um, you know, outside of maybe 133, um, they were right there um, in each of those matches. Uh, Sam Schuler lost to Colton Schultz from Arizona State three to two. Um, so he was right there in it. Um, Caleb Fesley, uh, the former center pointer Banna prep, um, filling in for Terrakina and Kabamban. You know, uh, they've had a lot of injuries at 125. He wrestled uh, uh, Richie Figueroa to 7 5 decision and then. You know, Casey Swiderski and uh, Panero Johnson losing uh, uh, in sudden victory. Um, Johnson losing to Parco, who's an All-American. Um, people remember he wrestled for Steiner at uh, Fresno State before transferring after Fresno State dropped their uh, program. But, um, yeah, no moral victory in losing five straight to, to close the match and having to hold on. But, uh, you know, they were, they were really close in, uh, in those bouts. Right. Really well. you, mentioned, you mentioned Tarakina and Kabamban being out of the lineup, but also for ASU, Brandon Courtney was out of the lineup as well. 
So, you know, that certainly probably made the difference there for ASU. But, uh, sure, but, but Figueroa is pretty good. Figueroa has got some good wins uh, uh, this season wrestling in tournaments. So, Right. So that might not have made the difference. I mean, you know, so if you got, you know, um, you know, if it still comes down to a decision, if both of those schools have their normal uh, wrestlers in there, it, it still ends up a decision and Iowa State wins. So, um, but, uh, you know, you, you have that. You can't go with who's not there. You got to go with who's there and, you know, you control what you can control. And they did it. They got the win. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, I think they said this was uh, the first top five uh, victory for Iowa Iowa State in Hilton Coliseum since 2009. Um, it's their third win over a top three opponent, opponent in the last 14 seasons. You know, we saw what Kevin Dresser did at Virginia Tech, um, you know, elevating that into a, a national trophy winning team. Are we seeing the blueprint really kind of starting to take form? and kind of rendering the results that uh, that they were hopeful with when Dresser took over at Iowa State. Oh, for sure. I mean, look at this season alone. They, I think they probably started uh, being ranked in the middle to lower teens this year, and they're, they battled all the way up to third, had some nice wins. Um, and, uh, you know, so there's – I mean, obviously, I don't know that they'll hold the number three, and if that's the dual ranking and not the, I think that's the dual ranking and not tournament ranking, but but uh, so we'll see. And and he's definitely got them going and believing in themselves. And and uh, you know, like a like the Johnson loss and sudden victory in Swiderski. I mean, those are two of their young wrestlers that have have shown some some you know some shown me that they're 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 the real deal. And. Uh, and uh, you saw, so to lose those, I, I'm sure they're disappointed there. And, and, uh, you know, they, they're looking at it going, it shouldn't have been 19 to 15. It should have been worse <laughs> Yeah, sort of thing. So, um, so that's a, that's a good place to be as a coach and as an athlete, because you're now you're hungry and you're still working forward and not, you know, not sitting, sitting up on top, you know, thinking you're all that and then some, you know, you, you can't, you don't have time to do that. So. Sure. Yep. Uh, and just going off uh, dual rankings, from uh, Win Magazine or uh, tournament and dual rankings for from Win Magazine, just because that's what I have in front of me at the at the moment. Um, Iowa State's number three uh, in duels. Arizona State uh, to number four. Um, and then tournament rankings. Excuse me. They have uh, Penn State one, Iowa two, Missouri three. Uh, Iowa State for uh, a spot ahead of Cornell, so Iowa State just right in that uh, that three four um, area, both dual wise and tournament wise, uh, according to wins. So uh, that's uh, you know, just kudos to what uh, what they've done at Iowa State. Finally, kind of getting that back, and uh, what I think a lot of people had hoped would be. Two top five teams, and then again, you and I, right there. You know, Win has them number nine, um, dual wise, uh, back a little bit farther tournament wise, but 
I think that's a team that can uh, really jump up from number 17 um, and is more like a top 10 to top 12 type uh, tournament team. Well, that's right. anyway. I think it's been quite a number of years since you and I was in top 10. They've been flirting with it real close, and I don't think they ended up there um, <clears throat> a couple of years ago, but uh, – so even a top 10 finish for you and I would be be very nice. But you know, I, I, would, a lot more. I would even say top 12, you know, that uh, I, I'm sure Doug Schwab isn't pointing to 12th as being really successful. You know what I mean? But I think from the outsider looking in, I think you and I at 12 would be, you know, a, a, a really good accomplishment and a step forward. And, you know, to be honest with you, you got Parker Tekeisen, Um, you know, definitely a, a top three, possibly a Saturday night guy, depending on how 84 kind of shakes out. Um, you know, Kyle Biscaglia, um, Kale Happel, Colin Real Buto, Derek Holschlag have had really good seasons, and they certainly could, you know, contend for a round of 12. Uh, you know, possible podium type spots. The one that you know, even even Yant at uh, one sixty five uh, has done well. The one that I really kind of point to that I think could really catch some guys off guard, uh, and that uh, you know would be maybe kind of a sleeper pick. Depend. We'll see how he does the rest of the season, but. Uh, don't sleep on Terrell Gordon. You know, you know, a lot of things can just boil down to one move, one takedown. Um, you know, you stay in good position at heavyweight. You probably are going to be there in, in position to win it late, and a lot of things can happen. I think Gordon is somebody that could uh, provide a huge boost for the Panthers. Um, you know, as they try to get to that 10, 12 type spot. And I have, I have three that, that fall in that category. In addition to some of that you've already mentioned or supporting what you'd already mentioned uh, with, I, I just think Kayla Apple is going to, I just like what he's doing this year with, in, in terms of Gordon, he's athletic, he's such an athletic, he's an undersized heavyweight, but he's athletic enough that you get in that third period when you're huffing and puffing and, you know, that, that athleticism and, and conditioning can really win some matches for you. And then, mm -hmm. uh, and then don't forget, uh, uh, um, coach, uh, um, don't forget as I, as I forget, uh, Runyon, uh, Runyon in there. Oh, as well. yeah. Cradle and such. So, uh, you know, there's another guy that could, you know, jump in there and get a medal too. I think, you know, I don't know what his injury is or what is going on there, but, but if he's yeah. out for sure, he's a threat. And right now, Runyon uh, still in wins rankings. Uh, he's number 13 um, in the latest uh, win ranking. So they must be expecting him to come back. Uh, we'll see if that actually happens. But, um, yeah, Runyon's another one that, uh, you know, kind of reminds me a little bit uh, of um, Schwarm. Uh you know, Schwarm, uh, that wrestled 25 for for you and I, uh, he could lock up a cradle and 
and uh, was dangerous uh, regardless of what the score was at any time. And uh, Runyon's got that same type of dangerous uh, uh, feel to him. Right. That's one was the, didn't he lead the country in falls? That uh, was last year, the year before. So anyway, yeah, absolutely. Runyon's got that. You never know. He can, <clears throat> he's a threat to put that on from about any position too. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the national duels uh, that were this week for uh, D1 or D2, D3, uh, NAIA, JUCO. Um but uh, in a couple of uh, uh, women's divisions, um, point to uh, hats off to Grandview coming away with their 11th straight uh, NWCA multi-divisional dual title. Uh, they hammered uh, Life University in the final 22-8. Um, they actually shut out their quarterfinal and semifinal opponents, um, Reinhardt and Doan. Um, they're seven and one overall, and their only loss came to Iowa State uh, earlier this season. So, uh, obviously, uh, a Grandview maintaining their uh, their dominance uh, top in the NAIA field. Right. I, I think you mentioned it, but I'll just echo it. Eleven straight. Ooh. Uh, dual titles here so um you, you know they weren't i don't they weren't tested at all i mean they well they lose maybe four matches maybe five matches, <laughs> entire tournament the whole yeah the whole bracket so yeah and so um and and those and and not to take away from the men's but the, the, the grandview women were also in the tournament and uh, there were 16 teams that were there and they finished mm-hmm. second by three and one and they lost to, to Southern Oregon 22 to 18. So they were right there in the hunt wow. for that, that national title there as well. So anyway, Iowa Wesleyan, I'll just mention this, uh, on the women's side went one and three and finished 13th. And Morningside went one and three on the men's side and finished eighth. So that was the other Iowa uh, teams that were in the NAIA. And then uh... – Comes away with a third place finish. Uh, Johnson and Wales uh, with uh, with an upset uh, in the semifinals, 21-19, um, getting a big pin at uh, 157 uh, from William Hughes uh, against David Hollingsworth. And, and uh, uh, they got another uh, kind of a bonus point upset at uh, 184 with uh, Ryan uh, DeVivo getting a major decision over Orberg's number four, Jordan Bushy. Um, so a couple of upsets uh, fueled uh, Johnson and Wales to a runner-up finish to Augsburg. Right. Orberg went in number one ranked and number one seeded and lost in the semifinals, to, like you said, to, to, to Jay Wu. And, uh, you know, I, I – in looking at the lineup, I was personally disappointed in Chris Rump, who went 0 and 3 on the weekend and got. Oh, really? And uh, I don't know if was it, if he got pinned in that duel or not. Um, and then you had the, the matchup at 174 <clears throat> with the former Wartburg wrestler uh, Michael Ross that that defeated um, 
uh, Mulder again in that match. And I'm sure that was a, a big turning point as well in that, in that duel. Vorberg did bounce back um, with a 27-9 victory over Wisconsin lacrosse, coached by uh, our friend Dave Malachek. Um, Augsburg won 35-8 in the finals over uh, Johnson and Wales. Um, so I think uh, suffered an opening round loss. Um, and then might have won a couple uh, on the backside. Right. Co I just I was watching that duel and uh they they it was a 1919 dual meet again it was against uh RIT and uh RIT had won six matches to coast four and that was the criteria that put them over for a 20 to 19 win. Okay. Uh they, the disappointing part there is Co lost five straight from 157 to 197. And wow. They've got some strong wrestlers in there, and so that's that had to have been disappointing in, in in the loss there. And then they came back and won the their three in the uh, they, they puts them into the 17-24 bracket, and they ended up seventeenth. That's the best they can do that if you lose your first. That first round. Yeah, so I know they're disappointed, and and uh, they're a better team than that without question. So uh, we'll see them improve for sure. Uh, Upper Iowa in the D two uh, bracket. Um. They had a pretty, pretty successful uh, uh, weekend, uh, in my opinion. Um, won a couple uh, uh, earlier duels uh, against McKendry, Fort Hay State. Uh, suffered their first loss Friday uh, to St. Cloud State, which I mean we know we've talked about before. St. Cloud State D two power. Um, so that's nothing to really hang your heads about. And they didn't, uh, they bounced back Saturday with a pretty impressive win over, uh, Nebraska Kearney and then finished sixth overall, but, um, a big win against the Lopers. Right. Exactly. And, uh, St. Cloud State was seated third, the defending champs for, I don't know, I think however many they've won in a row now, and then came back and, and, and you know, won the, won the tournament. So, that, yeah, losing to the to the eventual champions is not not a bad deal. Uh, you know, Upper Iowa did a nice job. Like you said, took six and and uh, went three and two on the on the weekend and, and had a good had a good showing. I think. I think coach has got to be pretty excited with that group he's got up there. Yeah, that win against Nebraska Kearney. Uh, Tate Murdy at one forty one had uh, a pin. Uh, the former Monticello prep, uh, Chase Lensman, had a decision at 165. And then Don Hahn uh, had a decision at 197 in that duel. Uh, we mentioned Hahn coming back after like a two-year hiatus too. So um, some good things there. Uh, they did lose the uh, fifth-seeded uh, lander uh, for, for fifth place and ended up sixth. But – they also wrestled uh, a handful of reserves and backups in that placing duel as well. So, um, uh, yeah, I, Upper Iowa is four and two right now. So I think uh, Heath Grimm's got to be uh, uh, pretty happy with the way they, they performed. Right. And I'm going to bounce back to D3 because we had three other mm -hmm. Iowa teams that did a nice job, really. Uh, University of Dubuque went, uh, wrestled oh, yeah. in. And they went, they went two and two. They lost their last duel to Co. Uh, so they took 18th. But they, they had a good showing there. Loris went three and two, finished sixth. 
and uh, um, they lost to Augsburg, the eventual champions, uh, in the quarters, 24 to 12. So they, and they had a good showing there. And then maybe the best performing team, uh, Iowa team in there, you know, at least the one that's at home, maybe feeling the best about themselves was Luther. Luther had a great tournament, I think. They went four and two and finished at ninth overall. And, uh, you know, they went, went 29 to 12 with Augsburg and and uh, beat Wabash 30 to 19. Oh, wow. It was second last year and right on the tail of, uh, you know, uh, of, uh, of Ortberg last year. So uh, anyway, they also, they also beat uh, um, Wisconsin Whitewater. A couple of things that happened in those that, you know, I'm with the Shinholster who was at one set, one 84 pound champion last year uh, in the, in the Loris duel, uh, Whitewater wrestled Loris. Um, and uh, so Loris won that meet, but in that meet, uh, Shinholster wrestled legal, the two national champions, and Legal had beaten him earlier in the year. And now Shinholster beating this, beat him in this match. So they now they've oh, okay. with each other. And then uh, Shinholster also beat Donovan Korn uh, at, for Luther, who's uh, you know doing having a real good season. Beat him eight to right. zero. So I, I'm, I always wonder why Korn dropped down to eighty four. But so I, I wonder if he'll stay there or maybe bounce back up to ninety seven or whatever. We'll see what happens there. Yeah. With him. Yeah, but a good uh, good weekend for Shinholster in. Uh... Uh, that'll be uh, that'll be fun to try to wade through uh, seedings um, later on, especially since those two have split. Uh, assuming they don't uh, cross paths again before well, the postseason. And we don't know what I had mentioned this earlier in one of the podcasts. We don't know what the other national champion from 174 that evidently was ranked early on at 84, uh, Beecham is going to be, I haven't seen him where he's wrestling. I don't know if he's back to 74 or what. So I'm going to keep an eye out there and let us know. Cause that's that weight class that had three national champions at it earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's going to be fun to, to see how that all plays out. Um, as the season goes along. Uh, any other, uh, any other, uh, college, uh, um, uh, Notes that uh, that you have, or or any last thoughts? Um, uh, I guess uh, the the uh, that, yeah, that was it. it was of, I, that national duels is a very fun uh, tournament to be at. It's fun to watch from afar, and uh, because we got a lot of Iowa kids that compete in that, you know, that were Iowa high school kids now at at, at Iowa mm -hmm. colleges and, and other colleges, but. So for me, that's a lot of fun to see how those Iowa kids do and and uh, and the teams. So. For sure, for sure. Just got word that uh, Spencer Lee was named Cole uh, Wrestler of the Week for the Big Ten. Um, trying to see who we might share that honor with. Maybe Brannigal. Have I seen that? Um, could be. Could be Brannigal. It doesn't uh, doesn't say in the Iowa press. No, actually, uh, you're right. Uh, it does say sharing the weekly honor with Zach uh, Brannigal. Obviously, uh, the win over Warner at Carver Hawkeye Arena, and he followed that up with another win over uh, Wisconsin's Braxton Amos. So, uh, good weekend for him, and and then uh, sharing that with Spencer Lee. So, um, any uh, any other thoughts or any final words from? Uh, from the prep side of things or 
from last week or or what might be coming up? We could go on and on, but better end it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Good wrestling. Very fun. Right. So yeah, we're getting into the nitty gritty here. Uh you know, uh, we're less than three weeks away from regional duels. Um, we're even less than that, uh, just a little two weeks out from those regionals for girls um, for their state qualifier and just a little over three weeks from their state tournament uh, at the Extreme Arena in Iowa City. So we're getting uh, the, the postseason is rapidly approaching. Um, Still a lot of wrestling to go, but uh, it's going to be here in a blink of an eye. Yep. Two weeks. All right. Well, just uh, to let you all know, you can uh, uh, check out our uh, Gazette coverage. Gazette, which turned 140 years old uh, uh, yesterday on Tuesday. So big milestone of uh, privately owned papers that uh, – big company, um, Janet type, uh, publication. So that's a big milestone for, for the company. Um, you can check out all our coverage online at the gazette.com, um, and iowaprepsports.com. Um, we're going to be at, uh, Lisbon on Thursday night. You're going to be at the Jayhawk, uh, on Saturday. I'm going to either be at the Jayhawk or the Lloyd Schaefer uh, invite one of the two um, on Saturday as well. And uh, just like to thank everybody for, for watching and coach, uh, why don't you finish things off? Okay. Before I do that, 140 years ago, makes it 1882. Is that right? Holy cow. Uh, 1883. 1883. Or 83. Right. Hello. <laughs> New year. All right. Let's end it. Let's keep Russell on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.